All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Daily Face Off podcast. My name is Brock Sagan. I'll be your host on the final episode of our positional previews uh, before the 2017-18 fantasy hockey season. With me, as always, we got Biebs Bondi. How's it going, Biebs? It's going good. We made it to the end, so... Um... You know, I'm excited. I'm excited to get hockey going. We're like one week away, and oh, I know it's getting me shaken. I know I've got just the most amount of fantasy drafts coming up, like in the next four, oh, yeah. four or five days. Uh, but Putting also in with hard us, work in the next week. Yeah, for sure. Is Dylan D. Berthew? How's it going, D? Uh, you know, I'm doing about as good as I can. Uh, before I have to talk like 45 minutes about projecting goaltenders. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> the old voodoo, eh? Uh, yeah, you know, it's just. Uh, I respect and appreciate how confidently you feel about your ability to rank goaltenders, Brock, because <laughs> it's, uh, it's the hardest for sure to kind of consistently uh, project 
and kind of interpret where all these guys and their roles and um, their performances are going to shake out comes the year end. Yeah, there's a, I don't know if they have a website, but there's a tw- like a Twitter thing called Fantasy Ref, I think they are, and they uh, rank all of like the projections from all the big sites and kind of like just grade everybody on how well or how shit they did. And I think I was like sixth overall last year, but I was number one in goalies. So, I mean, either I just got super lucky or I know my shit or uh, I'm just a voodoo master. Yeah, you're coming in just flexing, eh? Like you're ready to go. Yeah, trying. You could, your confidence could not be higher. Uh, you know, well, you- D's, D's rattled my confidence a little bit when he's looked at my top 10. And uh, I've been getting some <laughs> flack on Twitter about some of my goalie rankings. So either I'm going to end up coming out of this looking like a genius or just a complete asshole. So, uh, you know, maybe not an asshole, but just not not number one goalie guy anymore. Yeah. So you're going to lose that status in your belt. So just <laughs> lose the, losing the belt, eh? But uh, yeah. before we get into it, I just want to talk to you guys quickly about... What do you guys think about the new layout? Oh, beautiful! You know, it was—it's eh? been a—it's been a—it's been a while since DFO's gotten a uh, you know facelift, and um, that was a surprise for me. I didn't know you were really gonna do it. You didn't—you didn't warn us. That was, that was a nice little thing to wake up to. I think it was Monday morning there, but but, uh, but I like it. It's smooth. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, I, think it, I think it looks awesome. Sorry. I think I sent you, I think I sent you a snap like a screenshot at one point. D it was like, how do you like this? You're like, okay, looks good. And then I'm like, yeah, I like it, I like it. And then they launched it. I'm like, damn, I was fired yeah. up about it. So, but it's funny. Like I did. I mean, like a lot of the things. Like uh, you know, I put my two cents in about you know what works and what doesn't and stuff. But there's a lot more intelligent people that are behind like the whole design thing. And uh, yeah, as soon as, as they it, should be, as soon as it gets launched everyone's praising me and i'm like ah oh, yeah i didn't do shit like <laughs> i you know they've incorporated a lot of my ideas and stuff but i did i'm not the one behind the rebuild uh, per se but i was just it was always like brock great work great work brock brock you're the best i'm like yeah thanks boys i'll take all that credit so yeah. you mean you, i thought you did do the coding you didn't no you no no i don't code not, code. not, not yeah. often very huh. uh us yeah, very minimal coding experience. Uh, by minimal, I mean none. Uh, but you guys ready to talk about goalies or voodoo? Uh, yeah, I mean, as ready as I'll ever be, and that's not very ready. <laughs> all right, and before we really start, though, I just want to uh, warn all the listeners, I'm still not 100%, so if there is an ab- abundance of coughing uh, in the background, that's me. Uh, I Something did get rid of the every week. I did get rid of the cat Something this week new. at least, so I won't I won't be sneezing like I was last week. But uh, ho- hopefully, I can keep the coughs to a minimum. So, who wants to start did this? You find bad boy? It, uh, wait, 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 wait! You got to update the listeners on the cat. Yeah. Man, you made it such a big deal last oh, episode. Where's oh. he at? So we found its mom. Uh, it it's living in the barn, like behind okay. our uh, behind our house here. So some mother. So we put it back in the barn with its mom after uh, a weekend away, and right. the, the little bastard came back today. We Obviously. wake up, Rose, Rose gets to, goes to leave work, and as she's backing up, I just see this cat jump out from the bottom of her car and just take off. I'm like, oh, so it's still, yeah. it's still trying to live in her car, probably because I Because you gave it. it like a five-star treatment, yeah. so it's like taking weekend trips now. It goes yeah. to his mom for the week, grinds for the week, <laughs> and then it's like, you know what, I'm going to go see them. And they give me like the sweetest pillows and food and milk and whatever the hell else you gave it. Probably chips and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah he's talking how good the fantasy hockey conversation is he just loves yeah. it yeah just peeping in for the goalie episode he knew we had one coming just a massive <laughs> hockey fan 
But uh, okay, who wants to start this bad boy? You do. You love goalies. You're you're the guy. All right. So, all right. My one through five first. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, well, a lot we'll more start. Confidence in you, <laughs> all right. I'll be the leader of this this uh, bad boy here. So number one, I got Braden Holpe. Uh, I think that was a fairly easy pick. Uh, aside from the fact that Washington seems to not quite have the exact high end talent that they've had in years past, they should still be a, a really good team. Uh, Holpe's led the league in wins over the last, or had, leads the league in wins over the last three seasons. He's recorded 40 plus wins in each of those years, which is just sensational. Uh, first in shutouts, second in goals against and save percentage over that span. So uh, pretty hard to argue against Holpe going one or two. Uh, the one thing for sh- you can look forward to is 65 starts on a powerful offense. Uh, he just does it all. So Holpe yeah. my clear number one price. I got number two. Uh, fifth in wins, sixth in sa- uh, goals against, sorry, and tied for seventh in save percentage last year uh, after an injury-plagued year. So not the elite numbers that he posted two years prior, but still really, really solid. Uh, yeah, he's clearly one of the top three netminers in real hockey. And even if the Canadians have some deficiencies, uh, whether it's up front or on the back end, uh, I think Price will help to kind of cover up some of those deficiencies. Should still push for a ton of wins. He should see a ton of starts. Uh, Al Montoya is a pretty nice uh, backup option, but you know you're, you're looking at 65 starts for Price, 35 plus wins, so pretty safe. Number two there, number three, I have Matt Murray. I mean, two Stanley Cups in two seasons is pretty impressive. Uh, his numbers and trophies, I guess, speak for themselves. the The one thing that has me more interested about Murray than some of the other net miners, uh, I don't think he's really the greatest goalie in the league. I think he'll have kind of mm-hmm. middling goals against his save percentage numbers, but he has a legitimate chance to win the NA- or sorry lead the NHL in wins because of how good the Penguins are going to be yet again. Uh, and he's just he's good enough to you know post forty plus wins. And if, if you're getting forty plus wins, you tend to not care too too much whether you know even if his goals against is maybe in the two uh, forties or something like that. I think if you get forty plus wins out of him, you're laughing. Uh, number four for me is Devin Dubnik. Uh, since joining the Wild in January 2015, Dubnik is second in the NHL in wins, save percentage, and shutouts, and tied for third in, the go- in goals against average uh, over that span, which is nothing short of spectacular. Has absolutely no competition for starts. He's going to be a workhorse yet again. I'm going to talk uh, a little bit more in depth about Dubnik later in the show. And number five, another workhorse, Cam Talbot. Led the league in <laughs> starts last year. I think he had 73, which is insane. Could yeah, very mm-hmm. well lead the NHL in games played again this year. Uh, the Oilers are a better team than they were last year. They could very well win the Pacific Division this year. So, you know, I think that you could make a case that Cam Talbot could lead the NHL in games played and wins for the second straight season, which makes him a pretty safe top five option for me. Uh, I think realistically, I would probably, if it came down to me actually drafting a team, I think I would probably go Holpe, Price, Dubnik, Talbot, and then Murray. But I know the viewers love W's and they love the Penguins. So I think Murray's a safe option, but if it was my team, I don't really like the Penguins. I'd probably bump him down to number five. But, uh, Biebs, who do you got one through five? Uh, first off, i got to mention Hilarious because I have Workhorse written right beside Talbot and Workhorse written right beside Dubnik. And nice. that's the exact word that you use. So, I mean, we're in the same spot. But I actually had a relatively similar top five here. Number one, Car- or, sorry, not Carey Price. Whew. Thinking about last year. Price. 
think you could kind of toss them up, but it's just the team in front of Holtby. I like Washington's chances to put up uh, maybe 10, 15 more wins than Montreal this year. Just um, that and then the defense in front of Holtby, I like a little bit more than the defense in front of Carey Price. Um, number two, Carey Price, though, obviously he's elite. Um, and he, he always he goes on these stretches where he just looks like you can't beat him at all. And when you have him in those weeks, uh, it's pretty hard to lose some goalie weeks. So um, he definitely deserves that second spot. Number three, I had Matt Murray, too, and I was kind of – I wanted to put him further down just because he hasn't proved that he can last 60, 65 starts yet. But, um, I mean, he hasn't had a season since 2013 in Oshawa where he hasn't put a, uh, above a 920 save percentage, and that's across the AHL and the NHL and the OHL, um, <laughs> which uh, the OHL is a high-scoring league. Obviously, that's four years ago, but still, this guy, uh, this guy has proven he can stop pucks at every level, and I just could see him carrying that over. And – Again, like you said, Pittsburgh could. Uh, Pittsburgh's a great team in front of them. I like Latang being healthy at first. If Latang goes down, then uh, that that kind of hurts Murray's value a little bit. But if if he stays healthy, <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, we're not even going to pretend. <laughs> did you guys see what happened tonight in their preseason game? No, he's, no, no. They trip uh, on his like when they were introducing yeah. the starting lineup or whatever, like <clears> on the jumbotron. Uh, they had him as Ryan Latang. Like I don't know how that happens. <laughs> like, not, just just that Ryan. You know, played it for a while. Yeah, dude. that's that's. <laughs> so that was the running joke on Twitter tonight. It was like he wasn't up for that long. So then I think <laughs> I, I, I I quote tweeted. And I was like, well, hopefully Ryan stays a little bit healthier. That's what I was gonna say. Maybe they thought it's like a good omen. Like we'll change his first name. Chris is bad luck. But Maybe uh, Ryan's his middle Ryan. name or something. Yeah, one of those guys. He's going with it. Super not French though. But oh. um, number four here, I got. <laughs> He'll be Sanko next year. Yeah, uh, not a bad call if he gets hurt again. But number four here, I got um, Cam Talbot. I I have him and Dubnik kind of – I have these as the tier two kind of goalies after the the top three there. But but again, if you get any one of these five, they're a great number one. Cam Talbot, for me, I like the team in front of him instead of Dubnik. Um, This is a lot like the price will be situation. And uh, the seven shutouts last year um, was, was something that really stood out for me about Talbot. Um, I could see him, you know, pushing, doing that again, and that, that's that's great value. Um, I see him standing around his uh, his career average of about 920 save percentage, and if you could get that, uh, he's going to win you a lot of games, and he's going to play a lot of games. It's great to have a goalie like this where you could just slot him in and kind of sit back and not worry about him at all. Yeah, uh, before uh, we get to D there for a second, I just you mentioned tiers there, and I think for me, those top five are like a tier in their own and then yeah. the rest of the after that that's kind of where the second tier starts i think those top five are a little bit in a league of their own uh i know d might have something to say about that though uh yeah i <laughs> well i had so you guys so five is holpy price murray uh dubnik talbic right yeah yep so uh, i had talbot and dubnik switch but yeah right okay uh i had talbot at six and i actually slid Bobrovsky into my into my top five um, so I guess I'll start with him. I had Bobrovsky at four. Um, he was awesome last year. He led the league in save percentage and goals against career high 63 games played and eclipsed 40 wins for the first time in his career. Consistency has obviously been an issue in the past. You know, he's kind of been known to have an up a year and a down year, but his down years, you know, haven't been as bad as some people might believe or kind of remember. Um, and his performance struggles over his career have generally spawned from injuries and kind of not being able to stay healthy and get his game going in the net. Uh, he was obviously able to avoid any major injuries last year. Still had some minor bumps to battle through. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's got a career 920 save percentage. Uh, there's no reason to believe he shouldn't be a top fantasy goalie again this year. I couldn't drop him out of the top five. 
Um, I'll work backwards, I guess. I got Dubnik at five. Uh, you guys talked about him a lot. Plenty of job security. Should make 65 starts if he's healthy and have a real shot at 40 wins. Um, he's been up and down as well in recent years, not to the same degree maybe as Bobrovsky. He was obviously very good last year. Um, but even his offseason two years ago, you know, he posted a 918 save percentage, still slightly above league average. Uh-huh. Um, and he's shown the ability before to plus 925, 930 plus, which are super elite numbers. Um, so I, I kind of feel good having him in the top five, knowing that uh, if he does start to struggle, he'll be given every opportunity to kind of figure it out. And then one, two, three, I got Holpe, Price, and Murray. Uh, Holpe, Price, you guys both covered. To me, Holpe was the no-doubter uh, number one pick. He's got yeah. three straight seasons of 60 starts, 40 wins, at least a 922 save percentage. And there's really no reason to believe he won't deliver on that again. Really, as safe as they come when it comes to a goalie of this top-tier caliber. I'll skip over Price since you guys talked about him a lot already. Um, and I will talk about Matt Murray a little bit more because I think uh, I'm a little bit uh, more highly on his skills as an individual, I guess, than you two are. More just in love with the situation around him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it is a super limited sample size, 60 games um, in his career, 60 starts anyway, uh, equates to what's normally basically a normal starter's workload. Um, but in those 60 games, he boasts a 41, 12, and 5 record, 925 save percentage, 232 goals against. Um, just phenomenal. There's obviously some risk investing this highly in, you know, such a young and relatively unexperienced goaltender. But he's got, you know, as much of a firm handle on the number one job as any 23-year-old that really ever has. And he's got the luxury of playing on what was the highest scoring team in the league last year. So, again, you know, just 23 years old. Um, he's the only guy in this tier that, to me, really has the possibility of improving on what he did last year, um, you know, at least from an individual performance standpoint. So uh, it's crazy. To me, he's already got the potential to be a Vezina candidate this year, um, and he could potentially get better. And, you know, you guys already made such a big deal about um, where he's at in Pittsburgh and how big of a boost that is to his fantasy value. So I love Murray. I think he could potentially be the number one rated fantasy goalie by the end of the year. Um, but still that optimism isn't enough to put them over price or Holby. Yeah. They're just a little bit safer picks, but the upside for sure with Murray is, is, is pretty much undeniable. Um, yeah. And I mean, we've talked about it before how like at the, you know, kind of the earlier rounds of the draft, you want to play it. Obviously you want to maximize your value, but you're also trying to make sure, trying to avoid the bus early on. Cause that's, you know, that's really how you, how your fantasy team goes south in a hurry, I guess. Yeah, the one thing before we carry on through the rest of our top 10s here, I kind of was looking at notice in the last couple of days is that it seems to be that there's like a ton of parity uh, across like a lot of these goalies this year. It seems like there's a lot of guys that are very similar uh, in similar situations. And mm-hmm. you can kind of, it's like to me, I've never really been a guy uh, who reaches for goalies in the early rounds i kind of tend to wait a little bit and uh and play with maybe you know three number two options opposed to having uh, a really stacked goaltender but this is this year especially i think is a year you can kind of wait and just pick up two guys in the middle rounds that are going to be really solid you know what you're going to get out of them uh instead of spending those early picks because i mm-hmm. i just feel like there's so much depth at goaltender this year just and, and it's not just deep it's just a lot of quality there's about 15 to 20 guys that you know are going to get like 60 starts and they're going to be really good options yeah for sure uh but for i was me- having the sorry go ahead. sorry no yeah no i just i just think that's you know why um 
we'll see such a, such a discrepancy between you know some of our top tens here because it, it was hard to, to sift through and like you really could make an argument for a particular guy being anywhere from eight to fifteen or however. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think like now like those top five. Uh, I mean, like, me and Beebs have the same one. You bumped Bobrovsky up there. Again, I'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, like, now, 6 through, like, 15 almost literally could be anybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, but for me, number 6 is Jonathan Quick. I know uh, D won't be particularly fond of this pick, but uh, I'm not even particularly <laughs> fond of it. Uh, this ranking does scare me a little bit. The Kings might not be as solid defensively under new head coach John Stevens as they were uh, behind Daryl Sutter, sorry, under Daryl Sutter. Uh, but quick, you know, last year the injury uh, was obviously a rough way to start the season, game one of the year. But he did come back to finish really strong with a 226 goals against a 917 save percentage. Uh, the Kings aren't going to be great. 12 games. Yeah, not a big sample <laughs> size, but it's right on par with what he's always done. Uh, the Kings yeah. are obviously though not going to be as great as they usually are. But, again, Quick should still be a safe bet for 65-plus starts. Not a lot of competition when you look at a guy like Jeff Zatkoff. If healthy, could start, you know, Cam Talbot-like numbers. Uh, and then just the workload alone is going to make him a 30-35 to 35 win candidate with solid splits. Even if the Kings aren't great, they're still going to be solid defensively, and it's going to limit the, uh, the amount of work that uh, Quick does on a nightly basis, which... Makes him a fairly safe number one option. Uh, number seven is Martin Jones. Literally just two years of nearly identical results in San Jose. Uh, one of these guys that I'd like just because he's got, uh, he might not have the highest ceiling, fairly low ceiling, but an extremely stable floor. You know you're going to get 35 wins. Uh, goals against near 235 and a save percentage uh, somewhere between 915 and 920. Very, very stable floor. Uh, I'm sure he'll make it three years in a row of just the same results. Uh, Corey Crawford, number eight, started 55-plus games with 30-plus wins in six straight seasons. That's a pretty sweet stat. Uh, The Blackhawks might not be the Blackhawks of old, but they're still going to be a good side. Crawford is pretty much as safe of a low-end number one as you'll find. If you don't get those high-end elite top five guys, Crawford is a really safe uh, number one option. I mean, come on, 55 plus games and 30 plus wins in six straight years. I like that a lot. I like that too. Uh, number nine, Jake Allen. Uh, Allen was handed the keys to the Blues car last year and shit the bed in the first four months of the year. Mm-hmm. Struggled really hard in the first half, but he finished third in the NHL in wins, goals against, and save percentage from February on which is extremely impressive. He was also rock solid during the Blues playoff run. He posted a 196 goals against average and a 935 save percentage in 11 starts. So that kind of four-month run at the start of the year was, you know, he put that all behind him and had a really strong next four, three or four months to finish the season. Uh, if you can put it all together through a full season, I think Allen has quite a bit to offer. The one thing that does concern me is the Blues are already extremely banged up. We hear found out today, Robbie Fabry out for the year already, oh, re-injured that knee. Uh, they're already down Alex Steen, Jay Bomeister, Patrick Berglund. It's just not a great start for the Blues, but I'm sure they'll figure it out over there. Allen's still a safe number one, in my opinion. Number 10, Ben Bishop. Uh, prior to last year, which was a bit of a tough year, the three years previous, Bishop was tied for uh, tied for the NHL lead in wins, tied for fifth in save percentage, and sixth in goals against. Uh, 
you know, the Lightning as a whole kind of had a down year. I don't think Bishop was entirely to blame for that. I think he'll put those struggles behind him. Now he heads to a team that's just been dying for a guy like Bishop. They're gonna, He's going to be an absolute workhorse for them, just like he was in Tampa Bay. Uh, they're going to be one of the strongest offenses in the league. I think he could definitely push for 40 wins, uh, which, you know, again, there's only a handful of guys you can really say that about, and I think the Stars are going to do a lot of winning this year. So I like Bishop. Uh, again, safe number one option. Biebs? Yeah, I kind of switched mine up a little bit from yours, but um, as you mentioned, like, while we were doing this, it was just there's so many guys that you could just kind of throw in here, and I, I won't lie, like, I've, I've switched mine three, four times my t- my bottom five here. <laughs> but number six, I got Sergei Bobrovsky. And Bobrovsky! It, last year was just so undeniable um, what he, he did. And I did put that he is probably bound for some aggression as well as that whole team of Columbus um, across the board fantasy-wise. But, I mean, he's if, if he does anything like he did last year, um, then he definitely warrants top six, if not top three at that point. Um, and uh, number seven, I got I'm going to talk about him later my sleeper pick here so i'll just kind of let that sit there for eight i've been bishop and um I, a lot of the reasons that you said there brock I, li- I really like the team in front of them they've been waiting for a guy like this um and this offense is obviously going to lead this team but at the same time having a goalie who can uh, shut it down it's going to be huge for them and i could see him going if he goes back to one of those seasons around nine you know, um he'll be oh, a very elite goalie with those wins that he's getting um that is, you know, if you play in one of those weird save leagues, though, um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's still probably killer, but don't play in those. Um, number nine, I got um, Corey Crawford, Chicago Blackhawks. Um, every year, Crawford's steady. He, uh, he, he manages to stay healthy, and he normally need, manages to, uh, to get quite a few wins and shutouts in the process. Uh, Crawford's always just a. I got ask, um, not someone who we can ever forget about. I, I really like that Boston team this year. I don't know why, um, but Rask is uh, Rask always tends to um, you know come around by year's end and just kind of put up Rask like numbers. He's not the same goalie that he was three four years ago, but at the same time he's uh, he's pretty good for sixty five starts. He's done it in his last three seasons, and he's gotten at least thirty wins in those seasons along the way um, while posting quite a few shutouts. Um, so I, I, I like Rask there at 10. I mean, you could swap him in and out with any other goalie um, that, that could be in the top 15, I feel like, but, uh, but I had to show him some respect. So he didn't get any from the NHL network in their ranking. <laughs> if you guys heard about that, but um, quite a few people were losing their minds, like yeah, actual NHL players, um, because I, I don't even think he was top 15, which is just crazy. But anyways, uh, D what's your, what's your bottom five? Like, yeah. Um, Okay, so I got Talbot at six. Um, you guys talked about it. Uh, he's on what should be an awesome team. 73 games started last year. It's crazy. Um, Corey Crawford at seven. Uh, again, you know, you guys talked about it already, but as reliable as they come, career 19-8, career, sorry, 918 save percentage. Uh, it's the same mark he posted last year. A good benchmark for him again this year. Very firmly locked in the number one position. What's obviously a really good hockey team. Uh, the only problem is Blackhawks and Quinville don't tend to work their starters as often over the course of regular season as most other teams do. They kind of take a, a, you know, like a Penguins-esque approach on keeping their goaltenders fresh uh, for the playoffs. It's unfortunate for Crawford, and it's ultimately, ultimately, you know, what's probably limited him over the last five or six years. Um, 
from that elite fantasy potential and kind of just kept him hampered in the second tier here. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it must be working keeping him fresh because, like Brock said, six, six seasons of, what was it, 55 starts and 30 wins. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I got Crawford here. Um, and, you know, the trend for me here is these are all just safer picks. Like, I got Rask and then Quick back-to-back as my 8-9 after this. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Like I wasn't even sure Rask was gonna get in my top ten, and it was it was kind of like like you guys said, or like we've said, you know, six, seven through fifteen, whatever is pretty you know tight, and it's really tough to kind of differentiate. But Rask and Quick to me kind of go hand in hand. Um, they both play on outstanding possession teams. Kings might not be as good this year, but LA and Boston were one and two in the league respectively last year in shots against. Um, you have to look at that when we're talking about fantasy goalies. Um, They've both been very, you know, almost mediocre in terms of save percentage the last few years. Um, but thanks to their team, each of them just kind of needs a league average save percentage to kind of get to a low uh, 2.2, 2.3 goals against average. Uh, both of them are sure to full start as workload, so as long as they're healthy um, and should rack up a steady amount of wins. So just pretty safe picks at this point on the board. And on number 10, I got a guy we haven't talked about yet, and that's John Gibson. Um, I... I so I know it's just 111 starts. Career save percentage of 922 is just too much for me to leave off this top 10 list. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have the job security as, you know, the Crawfords, Rask, the Quicks, the guys I just mentioned before. Uh, and that's why I have him here at number 10. Uh, Ducks added Ryan Miller in the offseason. And, you know, Brock likes to point out John Gibson has had some trouble staying healthy in his kind of short career here. Um, but Gibson registered 25 wins and 52 starts last year and posted a 9.24 save percentage, 2.2 goals against, just 24 years old. Um, him and Murray are probably the only guys on this list that are at the point where, you know, they kind of should be improving year to year in their career. Um, so I do think there's kind of potential here for, again, a top five, top three fantasy goalie, um, but nowhere near as stable of a floor as the guys going around him. So that's why I have Gibson as low as I do. I think it's a much riskier pick, but the potential is definitely there. Yeah, I, I like Gibson a lot. I wrote about uh, him on DFO and said, look, he, he has the talent to be a definite number one fantasy netminder, but just the durability concerns are a huge red flag. He's yet to start 50 games in a single season. But you're right, a 222 goals against, year. or did he get to 50? I thought he, I have here as 52, but that might have been games played and not started. Yeah, Go I ahead, think, I think it was 49 starts, but whatever, doesn't matter. I mean, has yet you're to... You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. 52 games, 49 starts. Yeah, so. so he's yet to make 50 starts, but still, 222 goals against, 924 save percentage, nothing to scoff at at all. But I just think until he can, you know, really prove he can stay healthy and make the, you know, 60 starts uh, and win the 30-plus games, he's, he's just more of a, a high-end number two than a... Than uh, low end number one for me, but he's close. I have him just outside uh, my top ten. I like him a lot, and the, and the Ducks, you know, they're always good. They're always. I solid. feel you, and then you know, almost at the same time, if he gives you forty five games, um, you know, it, obviously it's not going to get the amount of wins that you're going to get from a guy like uh, Crawford, Rask, or Quick. Um, but he almost brings he brings very similar value, even if he only plays forty five games, and his save percentage is ten points higher than theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah, for um, sure. Um, so. That, like, there's a lot of ways for kind of Gibson to bring you his value this year. And I think if he does get that, you know, anywhere above 50 games started, he could, you know, have a real monster season, like I said. But again, definitely a riskier pick than the, the other guys going around him. Yeah, and if you if you insulate him with, you know, s- some other more stable net miners, guys who are, you know, a Crawford as well, if you can somehow scoop both right. of them up to the middle rounds, a guy that you know is going to, 
you rack up the wins and the starts, and then even if you, you handcuff him with Ryan Miller and save your ass, because I think Ryan Miller, you know, if Gibson goes down, Ryan Miller is going to be a really strong option. He's still, I think, got a, a, you know some decent hockey left in the tank. On a, and if, you know, obviously going from a team like Vancouver to Anaheim is going to help his numbers uh, a ton. So yeah, he. I think if you grab Gibson, you almost need to grab Miller in the, in the last couple rounds of the draft. But those are our top tens. Uh, we're not going to do rookies because there's not really much to talk about in terms <laughs> of goalies. But we're going to let you guys listen to some Blue Stones here for a minute. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, our breakout sleeper and bust at the goalie position. And then we're going to get to, I think we got like five or six Twitter questions all about net miners to wrap up the show. So enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in a minute. Giddy. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I down. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision arrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because it's Episode 5 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. We are talking goalies today. And if you guys didn't like our top 10s, you're sure as shit going to love our breakouts. And D, <laughs> I know you've got a good one lined up, so let's have it. This breakout is Brock approved. Um, it's always good when I'm on the same page as Brock when it comes to goaltenders. Mm-hmm. They're few and far between. It makes me feel just a little bit more reassured. Uh Scott Darling, 64 career games spread across three seasons as the Blackhawks back up. Uh, Scott Darling has posted a 923 save percentage. Uh, super interest, interested to see how Darling handles what should be a full workload in Carolina. Uh, I know the ghost of Cam Ward is there. I'm not too worried about it. No. Obviously, you know, playing the number one job 50, 60 games a year, very different and much more demanding um, than, you know, the backup role he had in Chicago. But we did see him perform well when Crawford would go down from time to time. It just never happened over a long period of time. Crawford's been too durable for that. Um, I think, you know, kind of worst case scenario for Darlene, if we could talk about it, he's league average goalie in terms of save percentage, um, which isn't all that bad. When you consider Carolina might actually be a half-decent team this year. They were already top five in the league last year in shots against. And Brock, you were just going off last episode about how much you love their decor. So good. Um, so, you know, it's crazy to say, but I think if all goes Scott Darling's way, you know, kind of in this perfect fantasy world, uh, if you will, he posts something that closely resembles his career save percentage of 923. Mm-hmm. He could be a top 10 fantasy net miner by the end of the season. Um, and it's just, it's a lot to like and a lot going for a guy who's currently getting drafted in the 11th round of Yahoo Standard Leagues right now, according to their publicly available ADPs. 
Uh, 22nd goalie off the board as far as Yahoo's concerned, which is just uh, it's crazy to me. We talked about how deep the class is, but still, like I was looking on it, man. There's some guys above the list who don't nearly have the upside um, or even the job security that Darling has at this point, or I guess the assumed job security because we've never really seen him play a game. But uh, yeah, Scott <laughs> Darling, I like him. Yeah, I honestly would have ranked Darlene higher. Uh, the, my only concern with him is just Cam Ward. I know it's he's not good anymore, uh, but I just still I have a hard time believing they're not going to throw Cam Ward out there for like 25, 30 games. Yeah, no, that's third. the same idea scared me. Um, I, I like I think I I projected Darlene for fifty two games and Ward for thirty, uh, which I think would be a massive mistake. I think you got to try. I, the one thing, like, it's going to, I mean, obviously it's all just going to kind of depend on the flow of the season. If Darling comes out and he's just fantastic and Ward shits the bed, uh, I think yeah. that, you know, then it immediately shifts to, you know, maybe 65 starts for Darling. So I like, like, where he's being drafted right now I think is a little bit low. Maybe a couple rounds earlier, I would, I would definitely be taking a chance on him because I still think even with those 52 starts, he's a solid number two option. And mm-hmm. like you said, lots of upside uh, to be a number one. I mean, we saw him post 39 wins over 65 starts in this in two years as, or three years, sorry, as uh, Crawford's backup. And like I said, the Hurricanes, baby, look out! They're coming. They're gonna be a playoff team. And it's all <laughs> be gonna be. It's all gonna be because of Scott Darling. Yep. But uh, Beebs, Beebs, who's your uh, breakout? Uh my breakout is, uh, and this one kind of hurt to pick, but um, Anti Ranta out in Arizona, um, he finally gets a starting job with the Desert Dogs. But um, I kind of, I kind of chose Ranta just because this is someone who's being taken 164th in Yahoo leagues right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those of you who um, do math better than I do, I feel like that's outside of 12 by 12 or like a 12 man or 10 team league. I don't know. Either way, um, he's being taken at the very end of drafts. And this is someone who um, with this, he kind of has, I think he does pretty much have a lock on that starting job right now. There's really only Louis Domingue who's battling him for that, that spot. And and I think Arizona by now knows what they have from Louis Domingue. Um, <laughs> not a lot. Rantis, <laughs> yeah, no, not, not quite a bit at or Not, not a whole lot, but um, he's, he's taken over for Mike Smith, as we know, um, had a super long tenure there, but he's finally going to get a chance to just show what he can do across a full season. Um, last year, across 29 appearances, he put up 16 wins and four shutouts. With um, if you if, if if let's say he gets 60 appearances next year, that's eight shutouts and 32 wins at that pace, and that's a pretty nice uh, it's a pretty nice third goalie if you have that rostered. He also did it to uh, to the tune of a of a point um, nine one seven. Um, um, I, I don't know why I'm losing words here, but yeah, that was a save percentage. Um, that's also his uh, right around his career average um, and across just about 100 games, which is a decent sample size for him. Um, again, and the workload might be a lot for him with this young Arizona team, but it's definitely a team where they've improved on the back end. We saw him pick up Jason Demers last week, and uh, as we mentioned in our last podcast, a uh, very nice trade there. Um, it, it, I, I do think that that, the defense deserves more respect than they're going to get. And I do think if, if you're strapped for goalies at the end of your draft, Ranta could be someone who can, uh, you know, be a nice surprise. I have him as a goaltender three who can jump up to maybe even a goaltender two if he, uh, if he performs like, like he has in the past um, as a starter out there. Yeah. So I completed my series today of guys that like, I looked at Yahoo ADPs and 
you know, cross-referenced them against my rankings and, and wrote about 15 guys that were going way, way later than I think they should be. And Ranta uh, definitely made that list. He's, like you said, currently the number 30 netminer off the board. Uh, yeah, he's crazy. going behind guys who are obvious backups like Antti Niemi and Peter Budai. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, even Michael Neuwirth, who, you know, whatever, he's probably going to split. Like, we almost can guarantee he's going to split time with Elliot, where you know Ranta is going to be the surefire number one. I like Ranta a lot. I think he's uh, a definite low-end number two option, as it is, and has the ability to move up. I think uh, it's obviously we're going to see his splits take a hit. Um, you know, he, he, I think he posted 225, 226 uh, goals against last year. I think we could see yeah. that easily jump up to, you know, somewhere between uh, 2.6 and 2.7, which isn't ideal, but I think he's still going to see it. He's gonna, it's similar to what Mike Smith did for years. You, you, you put Smith in your lineup, and he didn't win a ton of games, but he could maybe win 30 a year. Did have a great goals against, but had like a ridiculously high save percentage because he was a good goalie who just (laughs) faced a shitload of shots and then like three were bound to go in every night so i think that we can expect to see a little bit of a little bit of the same thing from ranta but again like you alluded to beebs they improved a lot they've got a lot of young talent up front that blue line they shored up that blue line real nice this summer so i I think that they're going to be a much improved team and ranta is going to help a ton uh, for me, I think my, there's a lot of sleepers on Arizona this year, but big time. Sorry oh yeah, to cut you off, which is weird. Like I, I never thought I'd be even saying that, but I fallen in love with the Coyotes a little bit this summer, and uh, they're becoming our Buffalo. Yeah, I think I might be a little too high on them. Like I was probably with Buffalo before, but hey, you know we got to give credit where credit is due sometimes. And for me, yeah. my breakout is Andre Vasilevsky. Obviously, following the midseason trade of Ben Bishop last year, we got to see Vasilevsky in the number one role. Uh, and after that trade, he was tied for the NHL lead in wins, had the ninth best save percentage with a 930, and a 16th best goals against with a 227. Obviously, not the biggest sample size ever, but it was an, stre- an impressive stretch uh, for his, you know, with his first chance at being a number one. Uh, the Lightning were piss poor last year, struggled with injuries. <laughs> But they're coming back with a vengeance. They're healthy. Stammer's ready to go. Braden Point looking to break out this year. Yeah, that we got, we got Kucherov. We've got Palat. we got Tyler Johnson. They added Chris Kunitz. They got a solid blue. They're going to be great. They might win the Atlantic. And Vasilevsky's pretty much going to be locked in for 55 starts. Good, could see 60. Peter Budai, I think, is going to eat into his workload a little bit. I think they'll be a little bit cautious with Vasilevsky. But even if he starts 50 ga- 55 games, sorry, I think he definitely has a good shot to win 30. His his career numbers to this point are not overly impressive, but I'm just looking at what he did in that small sample size last year. And even if his numbers take a small hit, I think he's a guy that could post a 920 save percentage with maybe a 2.4 goals against with 30 wins. And that's, you know, as a low-end number two, uh, I have him ranked as my number 19 netminder. I think he could easily work his way into the top 15, if not the top 12. I absolutely love Vasilevsky, always have. I think he's just going to have a phenomenal year. I, I, I just think the Lightning are going to be unreal. I really do. Yeah. I think they're just going to be filthy. Are you guys sleeping on yeah. them or sleeping on me? No, here? I was going to say, like, <laughs> you really you really touched it. Um, the Lightning, you know, they're bound to get back to uh, – this is a team that made it to the Stanley Cup final two years in a row before last year, and, uh, and I think Vasilevsky's finally ready to just take those reins. Um, I like that pick quite a bit. It's funny, um, I've got those guys, I think, 
all three of our breakouts are ranked one behind each other. I think it goes Darlene, Vasilevsky, Ranta. They're all ranked in the exact same spot, and we're just all expecting them to move right up, which yeah. I love. Oh, yeah. But, uh, B, uh, D, we haven't heard from you in, like, n- nine minutes, so uh, who's your sleeper? You guys have been talking. Um, <laughs> okay, I do sleepers. that from time to time. Okay, uh, so sleepers, I, I was looking down the list, um, and I think it probably has to do with, you know, like that, the parody in fantasy goaltenders right now that we were talking about. I couldn't really find one guy that I felt really confident saying, you know, he should be going way earlier than he is right now. Um, but, you know, I found a trio of guys who Ooh. could all be going a little bit earlier than they, than they are, especially kind of respective to the goalies off the board. Um, first one, Freddie Anderson, uh, current ADP right now, 71.7. He's the 17th goalie off the board. So Anderson made 66 starts a year ago. His first season in Toronto, obviously, and health willing, should be right around 65 starts again this year. Uh, no threat of playing time at all on a team that you know many actually expect to be a serious contender this year. The Leafs, uh, I know they're interested in Mike Condon, had you know, throwing up the backup goalie spot, ended up just settling and re-signing McElhenney instead, who was like, you know, just as garbage in the preseason as he's ever been. He's <laughs> <It was> terrible. <laughs> yeah, you know, great guy, though. Um, <laughs> great guy. You know, but Anderson's been solid, very consistent in his young career, 918 career save percentage, same mark he posted last season. Uh, Anderson, just a really reliable source for SETI and potential, uh, potentially, you know, almost a borderline elite production this year. Uh, fantasy-wise, kind of, you know, riding on how good the Leafs do, if they're actually as good as people and, you know, the experts are kind of hoping for right now. Um, and, yes, yeah, 17th goalie off the board, far too late for him and the value he can provide there. Uh, um, Corey Schneider, I'm going to try to get super quick through him because I know I talk about him pretty much every year at this yeah. time. <laughs> um, last year was the first time in Schneider's career that he posted a save percentage under 920. That's insane. It dropped all the way to 908. Um you know, goalies have definitely fallen off sharply before. I just have a tough time buying that big of a drop. Um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, put more of my money on the six straight 920 seasons before that. Um, so there's no threat to his playing time either. Uh, I think it's foolish not to expect some sort of ba- bounce back from Corey Schneider right now. Um, going into this season, currently the 19th goalie off the board. And the 20th goalie off of the board is Craig Anderson right now. Uh, another guy I think, you know, could potentially bring back a lot of value for where he's going. That's the 10th round, people. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Anderson, Craig Anderson now, now 40 games. I had 11 percentage. Obviously had the family issues that limited his playing time. As of right now, it appears he will get a number one workload. Yeah. Obviously things could change. We're not quite sure. Um, you don't want to take a half season and extrapolate that for what his production will be this year when you're talking about a 36-year-old. <laughs> so we'll use a slightly larger one over the last three seasons. <laughs> Spread across 135 games. Anderson has registered a 921 save percentage and a 2.51 goals against average. You can thank the Ottawa Senators for that. Um, but if you if you can post those kind of numbers over a full workload this year, provides crazy value for being the 20th goalie off the board. Obviously, a lot of question marks there. Wish him and his family all the best. Um, but still, I think like just going 20th right now, if he gives you a 925 save percentage in 40 games again, if you get a guy like that in the 10th round of your third goalie, that's crazy value. That's going to help you win some weeks. Yeah, I, I'm going to touch on Schneider briefly. Uh, I think we probably had this exact same argument last year because like, he was in your top 10 <laughs> and you he wasn't in mine and you didn't like it. I ended up being right. But 
I tend to agree with you now this year. It's gone. We're calling for a 12-point drop in a save percentage. It's gone. It's gone uh, the other way. (laughs) We've talked about this before, how sometimes it goes too far where you just kind of have to start agreeing with it. Uh, But in his first three years, you know, prior to last year in New Jersey, he was tied for second in the NHL in save percentage and third in goals against. Uh, again, it, it all what it boils down to always has boiled down to with Schneider in New Jersey was just the win totals that were always limited. But they kind of look decent this year, and if he yeah. can get back, Nico Hersher, if he can get back to a you know even a, a two thirty goals against average and a nine twenty save percentage, they could win a few more games than they're used to. And all of a sudden, Schneider becomes a really fancy pick. And he always kind of was a guy that I thought went too early. And now he's going so much later than he should be. I like it a lot. Anderson, I'm, you know, I was a big Freddie Anderson fan when he was in Anaheim. I thought he should have been uh, the guy getting all the starts. And then they just dealt him, which I thought was ridiculous. And then now he plays behind one of the best offensive teams in the league. I like Freddie Anderson a lot. I hate to say it. And Craig Anderson is just honestly one of the biggest beauties around. So I love all three yeah, yeah. of those selections. Uh, but Beebs, who is your sleeper? Uh, my snoozer is Martin Jones. And this is someone who uh, last year going into uh, in, into our, our preseason show, we were, we were extremely high on this guy, as we should have been after his uh, fir- first campaign in, in San Jose. But um, he proved for the second year that he's that he's kind of a workhorse and that he can that he can handle that. And that was one of the big questions going into last year. He had his second consecutive 65 appearance season, um, and he's almost pretty much a sure bet for 30 plus wins. Why well, I have him as kind of a sleeper. He is ranked pretty high among goalies right now, but there's a couple goalies being taken ahead of him, like um, Jake Allen, Pekka Rene, um, even Rask, John Gibson. These are all guys who I would rather have Martin Jones than um, personally, and just. Um, uh, I don't know. It just uh, again, I just I don't see how he could be taken um, as right now at 48th um, the position there. But as the Sharks get older, I think people are kind of starting to lose faith in them. But at the same time, they're still a good team, and if they can stay healthy this year, um, they're definitely worthy of a playoff team. Uh, this is someone who has a save percentage, um, who's had it relatively around a point uh, nine one eight, which is pretty good for. Um, for your second goalie if you're getting them there but even if even if you do have to depend on martin jones as your as your number one goalie it's really not the worst bet um i would definitely say just kind of keep an eye on where he goes but if he does start falling down the board it's definitely goalie who's going to get you a lot of starts which is something we've talked about and on a good team which is that's just a great combination for success yeah i think that um Jones, like where he's going right now, I was looking at this because, like I said, I got a bunch of traps coming up, and I was I was starting to do a little bit of planning, and I was looking at you know Jones kind of going to like the the end of the fourth round, and if you can, it say you got the the twelfth overall pick or something, and at the end of the fourth round, Jones is sitting there with with somebody uh, like well Devin Dubnik's going at forty six or Corey Crawford mm-hmm. at fifty, uh, even you know you've got Ben Bishop. Jonathan Quick, you could maybe go four or five and take, you know, a Jones and a, a and a Crawford or a Jones and a Bishop or Jones and have a really, really dangerous duo because I think that those are a couple guys, like, they were in my top tens that could easily yep. crawl into the top tens and they're not being drafted as such right now. 
Uh, yeah, Jones has won the second amount or second most amount of games in the last two years behind Holtby, which we've talked about. You know that wins being such a huge category, and and uh, it it does. You know when you, when you have a week where there is only eleven category slots, if you can put guarantee that you're going to win wins for goalies or kind of help that with someone like Martin Jones, who's you know I consider an elite win goalie at this moment, um, and definitely that that helps it a lot more. I think the one thing too, like we, we kind of make a big deal and we should about guys who maybe don't have the 920 save percentages, but he's a career 960, which is solid enough. Um, and, yep. th- and there's guys like this, like, I, and the one thing I think like when you're looking at a Martin Jones and say a Corey Crawford is that they might not end up, you know, finishing the year with a 920, but I don't think they're not usually guys that are going to lose you weeks either. They're not going to mm-hmm. be guys that go out there and and post an eight ninety for an entire week. They they, they kind of just go about their business with a nine sixteen all year, and that is still going to be good enough. You know, more weeks than not than to to win you that category. Where not, there's other guys that maybe are a little bit. Uh, more mercurial where they could go from anywhere between a 930 to an 890 and you could lose a week no problem so i don't i like jones a lot i i would not be letting him drop as far down as he is right now i no. I, I know you're going to talk a little bit about pecorino later so i'm not going to touch on him too much but my sleeper uh again we've talked about this guy already quite a bit but it's devin dubnik uh he was also a part of my my first uh my first part of the article of guys that were going way later than they should be. Uh, currently, he is the forty. He's, a, he's got a forty-six ADP, so right around the end of the fourth round, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of. Like I said, ranked second in the NHL in wins, save percentage, and shutouts, while also being tied for third in goals against uh, since joining the Wild. Uh, he's basically been a top three netminder since January of 2015. And now all of a sudden he's like the 10th, 11th, 12th goalie off the board. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, so if you can draft Dubnik as the 10th goalie and he, he ends up just doing what he's done for, for the last couple of years and can be a top, easy easy top five, could definitely yeah. be a top three, you've got a, an absolute steal. And the, and the Wild did nothing but improve this offseason. I, I think the Wild are going to be great again. They're going to score a ton of goals. They're pretty solid defensively. They're a good possession team. They got Nino Niederreiter, who's an absolute monster. Uh, their defense looks like, you know, their, their bottom pair is a little bit suspect. They lost uh, Scandella to Buffalo, but big deal. I think that they're going to be still a real, real good team. And like, I just don't understand how he could, like, you just look at those numbers. Like, when I read those numbers, I'm like, man, I love this guy. And then he drops, the, like, the 10th goal, either the fourth round. I don't, I don't get it. So, yeah. You can get him there. Huge sleeper potential for me. Uh, but D, fun part for you. You hate goalies. So which guy are you hating on the most? <laughs> okay, well, this is kind of in, in the same vein as the argument you just made. You know, Dubnik being top two, three, and all the main uh, fantasy goaltender stats the last three years. Why is he going 10th off the board? Jake Allen, uh, very mediocre goalie, almost entirely across the board. Sure, he starts a lot of games, but he only he topped out at 33 wins last year. And what was it? 61 games. Um, so all of a sudden right now, this guy's, you know, career save percentage of uh, 915. Um, only been 920 once in his career. All of a sudden, he's a late third round pick and he's the sixth goalie off the board. I'm not buying it. I don't get it. I don't get where yeah, this overvalue came from. I have a couple ideas, you know, maybe playing in St. Louis, uh, a team that's very uh, often kind of, displayed in the media as being a very defensively uh, minded and heavy team 
then also that playoff stretch uh, where he's amazing last year. Um, but you know what? I'll, I'll, I'd rather buy into the whole career than 11 games in the playoffs last year. What about um, the final couple months, man? <laughs> I'm not saying he wasn't bad. I'm not saying he's a bad goalie. I just think he's mediocre. He's on a good but not a great team. too high. Yeah, and there's no way he's going to bring back third-round value six goalie off the board. Like, that's just yeah, nuts to me, man. I don't get how that just happens across the board all of a sudden. But whatever. Like like I said, not a bad goalie by any means. Um, if you do reach and you grab him, I kind of hate you for it. It's not, like, <laughs> the worst reach of all time. I don't think he's going to bust bust. Like, he's definitely still going to be rosterable by the time the season come, or season end come. But to me, there's no way that this guy... Like, how are you just going to assume this guy to just start putting out elite save percentage goals against and win numbers when he's never done it before? The team's only gotten worse since last year. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. Um, that's why I have Jake Allen as a bust. Again, like I said, I don't think he's a bad goalie by any means. I think he's very average. I think he's probably right on the borderline of what you know kind of constitutes being a number one goalie um, as far as NHL jobs go, not fantasy jobs. Um Right around the 15 to 20 range, if I was to rank him, honestly, for fantasy net miners, I don't get how he's going as high as he is. So I'm staying away from him. Jake Allen's my bust. Yeah, I yeah. I have Allen in my top 10. I think he is definitely a low-end number one um, option. But I, I also agree. I, I don't think that I would ever even consider him as a top five fantasy net miner. Uh, or top six, whatever he's going. Uh, and it doesn't, like, I mean, he, and again, I read his numbers on how he finished last year and the playoffs. Spectacular. But. It's 20 games. But in his yeah. first 36 games last year, this guy had a 287 goals against and an 895 save percentage. So People don't forget. Well, they obviously do. Because <laughs> yeah. now he's we six. Don't. Like because think about it, man. Like that takes you into the end of January. So, so you bad. take you take this guy as your number as the number six goalie off the board, your bona fide number one fantasy starter. So you go October, November, December, and January. That's four months. The fantasy season's almost over at this point. You're more he than lost halfway. Lost his job to Carter Hutton. And then your your number one's got a two eighty seven and an eight ninety five again. I think he's going to bounce back. I think that's not. I think he'll be land somewhere in between that shit show and the amazingness that he was for the the next three months. Right, uh, which and, is and, like and his career nine fifteen, the yeah. league average, very mediocre goalie that he is. And I think he'll be a low end number one still. I would I would put my trust in him as you know maybe the tenth goalie off the board. Right. But I mean, but we're, when you're talking is, low end number one, you're still you're talking about the 12th best goalie in the league. You know? Yeah, it, exactly. Number six so is that's, just that's insane. where I'm getting mediocre from. You know, yeah, it's not very sure. good. No, for sure. <laughs> like, like six is six is far far too high. Obviously, he's amazing and yada yada yada. I could never score on him. Breakaway in a million years, yada yada. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I literally just feel like Yahoo sometimes pulls their rankings out of their ass or a hat or something, and people just he's draft like off of it. But he yeah. just used him in shell and thinks he's awesome or something. But we're like a week away from the start of the regular season. I know, and this like guy's still going in the third round. We kept waiting for these crazy ADPs to sort themselves out. They haven't just, at all. They not. haven't changed. They haven't. They just have not changed one bit. Like I, like I, last week, I went through them all, and then I went to go write my article this week, and I'm like, you know what? Shit. I bet you like that was after like five drafts, and 
a hundred actual intelligent drafts have happened since, maybe a thousand, and half these guys are going to be actually where they're going, like going where they should be now. And this whole, I'm going to have to find 50 new players. And I go back, and literally they're all still going like 165th overall. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Made no no sense. Nobody uses the podcast. I'll just ask the audience, take whatever everyone else has taken. Just (laughs) playing out. You might as well auto draft at that point. Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to mark down that we said the F word twice there. So, uh, you yeah, know, we, yeah, <laughs> that was a collective thing for sure. <laughs> last last week, it was just, uh, it was a, not like the one we just did there, the D, but the right wing. It was just like, made it through like the first nine minutes, just had nine F balls from D. I was like, wow, he was just so angry that day. feeling it. Yeah. But uh, my bus, D, are you ready it was for a it? subject? Yeah, ready, bust on we're ready to go here now. Oh, bust uh, everywhere, man. All right, Sergey Bustrovsky. Um, oh, nice. The nice. only no, reason, like now funny. the only reason, and I've taken a shitload of flack uh, for this Bustrovsky. ranking. Uh, but Bobrovsky is just too injury prone for my liking. Uh, he had a great yeah. year last year. But that whole Blue Jackets team was like, they were just ridiculous. They, yeah, they, they weren't a great possession crazy. team. They gave up uh, some of the, not the most shots league, but like a, right around league average, like not like the amazing team that they looked like they were. Uh, but Brodsky basically just held them in, in it. And if he goes down, which he normally does, uh, they're going to be shit. Not shit, but they're not going to be great. And he's going to be a bust. Uh, right now, he's getting drafted as the number four goalie off the board. Ahead of guys like Cam Talbot, who we saw start 73 games last year, we could easily see Bobrovsky start 37 this year. So that's why I don't like Bobrovsky. He's just too damn injury-prone for me. Last year was ridiculous. Uh, We saw Price do something similar like three years ago, just have a ridiculous year, gets hurt the next year, crashes, not crashes, but comes back down to earth like he did last year. I think... Bobrovsky has a good chance to finish the year in the top 10 for sure, maybe even top 5. I think if I had to rank them in terms of actual goaltending ability, I think Bobrovsky would definitely crack my top 5. But, too injury prone for me. In the last 4 years, he's only averaged 52 starts a year. If you're only getting 52 starts out of him, he's going to be solid for sure. But he might not even win 30 games. He might win right around 30 when there's other guys that you know for sure, are going to start 65 and win 35. And that's just why I just can't. I, You know what? I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped that he's the number four goalie off the board. <laughs> what is he going in the uh, second or third round? 22nd overall. I can't yeah. wait for all my drafts this weekend for everybody to pick this guy in the second round. And I'm just going to be like, you're idiots. <laughs> it was dumb. And then I'm going to take uh, a guy three rounds later, and he's going to have better numbers at the end of the year, and it's going to be awesome. Yep. Come you at me, the goalie master. Come I at appreciate me, the sentiment, Brock. You're just being a little extra here, bud. You're going a little over the top. You're talking about a guy who could still drop to the eighth or ninth ranked goalie spot at the end of the year, and that would be considered a bust. And I think that's far more likely than whatever the hell crazy batshit Injury, injury prone history you're trying to drop on Rossi. has he had injury problems yes has it been so bad where you should really take consideration no he he played 63 games last year he had yeah, a couple for the first minor time groin injuries ever 
So look why at his, is look at now the, the time to bet that he's gonna for the first time? Look at the no. <laughs> I look, hey, you were the one that was telling me about all these other guys earlier that you put more stock in the three years prior than what he did last year. So that's what I'm doing. The year before, he played 37 games and had a 275 goals against average and a 908 save percentage. The year before that, he only played 49 games. And had he ranked a two quick se- in your top six or whatever. He played 12 games last year. Yeah, but the, year. Guy, not- the guy started like 70 for eight straight years and he had a crazy groin injury that like might happen once in a blue moon where Bobrovsky's just not durable. He gets hurt all the time. That- I just... I just okay, think that 50 starts at a 920 save percentage on a half decent team like Columbus is still worthy of a top 10 position. Not maybe not the top five that he's going at. That's and I still think you could probably make an argument that he will bust to some degree and fall down the board by the time the season's end. But to, you know, to have him at the point, where is he in your rankings? Like 14, 14. You're crazy. Wow. man. Yeah. Because he could easily start 30 games. Easily. So could any goalie. So could yes. anyone at this okay, point. That's he started 62 last Okay, like, The that, guy played that, as much as anything. Played through injuries for really the first time in his career, which maybe you should take as a sign that he's getting stronger and more durable. Um, but <laughs> the, you're looking at guys like Quick, Rask, Crawford. All these guys are in their mid-early 30s. For a goaltender, they're all super vulnerable to getting hurt by injury. I'm not about to base off of what happened to Brodsky two years ago when he was terrible and he only played 37 games, which Brock wants to probably make you all believe it's something more like 15 or 20. Uh, so to me, I can't ignore the fact that he was amazing last year. Like I said, literally can save percentage, goals against, goalie point shares, goal anything you can name, Brodsky was either right up there or he led the league in it. Um, again, I He's expect some sort fights. of regression. Exactly. This guy is not... The guy Brock wants you to think he is. Should you be taking him in the second round? No. Should he be the 14th goalie off the board? Absolutely not. He's also 29, soon to be – actually yeah. just turned 29. So he's getting up there in age as well. Now, well, I, the I, argument I, I, I was I, making I don't, I don't disagree. other guys are in the same – No, and I don't disagree with you. But goal. right now we're ranking guys on what we think they're going to do this year. If – we were to rank them on probability of them getting hurt this year. <laughs> I just, I don't get Bobrovsky would be at the top of the damn Chris list. Letang. How do you put Chris Letang in your top five D, but then you're going to drop Bob out of your top ten for the same reason? Because, like, no, because, no, no, no. Because the logic? I, I told, no, 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 because I told you last week, I said, I don't normally do this, but Letang's <laughs> ceiling is that much higher than the guys below him. Where Bobrovsky, so what's a 9.30 save percentage Bobro- over 60 games? Oh, okay, great. Go do a 9.30 save percentage <laughs> again. He's got a 9.20 career save percentage. We're talking about guys coming back. Yeah, to, coming back is to, still elite. Like, that's, that's, still, that's fine. If he does, yeah. if he stays healthy for 60 games and posts a 9.20 and a, and a, two, and a 2.30, five. for sure, five. for sure. And I don't disagree. And I he could very well do that. I personally... Don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's in the case of beer, I, right? I certainly would not draft him in the top two rounds. I can't wait for people to do it. And if he does that, that's great. Columbus will be good. I kind of like Columbus. But I'm just not – I like. I will not draft this guy. I will not – I don't put any stock into what he did last year. Show me what you can do two years in a row, and I'll buy in. I'm not about to, I'm not about to jump on this train. That team was just too silly last year, including him. Fair enough. Yeah, I just think you're being extra, and you know it. 
but that's you okay. know what i think you know what honestly <laughs> honestly there's I, an audience for Stephen a smith you know what i mean man honestly <laughs> honestly i think i'm being a little too extra too <laughs> wow and and i can't believe you just compared me to Stephen a smith you're being that's, a little Stephen a about that, that's a little bullshit you're I being think, a little Stephen. A. i think you're being Stephen a about making me <laughs> be out to be Stephen a here but anyways oh now you're just being jim rome about the whole thing <laughs> You, you kill you know, you're me. both Steve Simmons. You're, you're both me. Steve Simmons. Oh, I'm man. talking about my bus. Shut, you shut your mouth. <laughs> all right. You haven't talked about my your bus, bus is someone yet? I think. No, and I think it's someone we can all collectively agree on. And just, you know nice. what? Just, we don't just normally all, be, so I'll be really for this. No, it was good. I loved it. I just, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back. And I also think you guys should put a case of beer on 60 starts. Either way, Pecky Ready. <laughs> yeah, right? Put one. But Pecorini is my bust, and this one is so freaking glaringly obvious. I almost laughed when I, while I was actually looking at where goalies are going. Um, Pecorini is being taken right now as the seventh best goalie in the draft, about 36th ah. overall. So uh, if you look at that, that's that's a third-round pick in a 12-team league. Um, he's being taken, uh, just, just think about this, in front of guys um, like Bobrovsky, Tugaras, Gibson, <laughs> Dubnik. Martin Jones, Corey Crawford, Jonathan Quick, uh, Ben Bishop, Bobrovsky. No, not Bobrovsky. Um, but Vasilevsky. These are all guys that I would personally rather have than Pekirani. And part of that reason is Pekirani is a 34-year-old goalie who so, honestly hasn't had the greatest past five seasons. And that's a, that's a pretty decent sample size. Um, last year, he finished with a, with a .918 save percentage, and that was his second best um, save percentage in those five years. Other than that, he's had uh, three years below a .910, which is just like not even – that's almost not even rosterable. I can and explain also, there's it. someone can, – can you? Is it – Yeah, just he had a 196 into- goals against and a 930 save percentage in the playoffs when everybody actually watched Nashville play hockey. So now everybody True, thinks that Rene is God. Which, Very yeah. much a Jake Allen situation. But yeah. I'll let you continue because I know where you're about to go with it, and it's a f- yeah. damn fine point. Uh, uh, UC Saros, <laughs> is that where we are going with this? Exactly. Because um, UC Saros, is, uh, he, he's the goalie of the future in Nashville. We saw it last year um, with, with him already people debating, you know, is, is this guy the starter? I, I know people were, were messaging us um, not as much as other goalies, but just kind of questioning us, you know, is Saros going to take it? Just when Rene does look bad, he looks bad. And Saros has proven that he's a, he, he's a good enough goalie to be able to take that reign. I could see Rene and Saros almost getting getting split starts by season's end. And it, it, if this is the goal you're taking as your number one goalie, you can't afford to be getting, you know, only 40 starts and, and at a 9-15 save percentage. That's, that's not what you need from your number one goalie. Um, granted, if you can grab him and then grab Saros really late, it's a pretty nice handcuff option. That team's going to win a lot of games, but they are also missing uh, Ryan Ellis for six months. Um, it might be five months now, but that that's a big defensive piece on that team right. that a lot of people forget about. Blocks a ton of shots, and someone uh, that you know th- th- this does turn around in fantasy and and just you know I I, I don't get seventh best goalie on yeah. the board. Like oh, I, just I, I was just. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, if you do f*** up and take Rene early, obviously, you know, the solution is to handcuff him with Saros. Um, but to me, like, that whole commitment is just not worth it at all. Like, you're oh, yeah, I agree. Off just two not roster spots? Rene. Come on. Like, you're making two roster spots to kind of put together what a Tuka Rask, John Quick, or uh, Corey Crawford could give you. Or that's what you're hoping for, anyway. Um, 
So, yeah. And to me, like, fantasy hockey, the late rounds are so much better than other leagues. Like, you can scoop a guy getting 55, 60 points uh, in almost any league. Um, so to yeah, waste try a pick to get like that. that 70 pointer guy at third round kind of thing, that, that next level. Exactly. Guy, top exactly. end defenseman, right? Right. They're just the guys who are going to push you over the top kind of week after week, the ones that are more reliable. Um, then a guy like Becker Rene, who has been, you know, under league save percentage as early average save percentage as often as he's been over it. And yeah. uh, 34 years old, nothing, nothing I'm looking to mess with. No, yeah, invest, I'm not invested in, in no 34 year old, eh? There you no. go. Just complete, complete, completely, completely convinced, though, in a 29 year old injury prone netminder. Sorry, I went back to it. Was that like five years? Five years <laughs> I was just, I, I was kind of like distracted that entire time you guys were talking because I just went back and, and started or reading not. all of my tweets about UC Soros last year. And I was just going off on the Predators. And then some people were just eating me alive when Rene just tore it up in the playoffs. But <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah. But so, uh, yeah. This is a show like an hour and a half? Yes. No, no, we're yeah, we're going to get there. About an hour and a half. But anyways, let's get to some Twitter questions. Beebs, you, uh, oh. you got them on your computer. Fire them up. As always, thank you guys for sending in your tweets. We actually had a great response this time around. Probably one of our best ones yet. Um, people and just love goalies. DFO. Yeah, apparently people like goalies more than uh, more than we do, um, or maybe just you know Brock Brock's recognition from his his goalie master thing last year just just <laughs> got is getting us love. Um, but they were all tweeting at DFO Podcast, and that's where you can find us on Twitter, or you can find us separately. There's D, he's at 3D Berthium. Or there's Brock at Brock underscore Segan, or me at Beebs Bondi. Um, and feel free to ask us questions anytime. Um, right now, we know there's a lot of keeper selections in that. We don't mind answering those when we have a little bit of free time there. But we'll get to our questions. Um, again, thank you guys for that. So the first one comes, um, love the name, comes from at Love My Blondes. Uh, <laughs> will, will Steve Mason be the man for Winnipeg this year? Approximately how many starts do you assume? Steve Mason, will he be the man? Uh, I don't think that anybody's going to be the man in the peg. Uh, I have Mason projected for 45 starts. I think it's going to be a lot of the hot hand. Uh, I think we can see Mason go uh, on stretches where maybe he starts uh, at 90% of the games over two, three weeks. And then I think that it it can go back the other way with Hellebuck. I think that it's just they're just trying to make sure that they've got two solid options, which I think that they they do now. I like Mason a little bit. Hellebuck struggled a little bit. I think they realized last year that Hellebuck maybe is not quite ready for 60 starts, which is why they brought yeah. in Mason to kind of spell him a little bit. So I think this is going to be nearly a dead heat for starts. I think uh, Mason might have a slight edge, uh, but I'm not I'm not about to say that Mason will be the man or start uh, over 50 games. We're not ready for a She's the Man sequel. Steve's the Man. No, Steve's the Man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, solid. But um, our next question comes from at aiorio nine, and uh, Brock, you like you like this one? He asks, Will the Wings split the workload between Mrazek and Howard, or is the Babcock format by riding the hot tendy? Shout out to Andrew Iorio who asked that question. I haven't heard from him in years, but I played high school soccer with him, and he's a great guy. (laughs) Just got married last week. Yeah. Shout out to him. Congratulations. Yeah. Anyways, is- Brock. <laughs> Brock, what's the split between Mrazek and Howard here? I have it again, dead heat, 41-41 in terms of starts. I think that you can go either way. 
Uh, Howard was ridiculously good last year. Won't happen again. He'll come back down to earth a little bit. Razik was a little bit, actually a lot terrible last year. 3.04 <laughs> goals Wait against average. 9.01 save percentage. Ew. Uh, he'll come back to being a little bit better of a goaltender than he was last year. Uh, so I think they're both kind of re- going to regress towards each other. They'll be very similar, I think. Yeah, like obviously you always kind of ride the hot hand a little bit, but uh, Blash Hill will probably just start them an equal amount. I would, ex- I-, I think if anything, I could, ex- I I would see Mrazek having a better year and starting a few more games. But I don't know. It's hard to really put what Jimmy did behind us last year because he was so good. But again, he's like a. He might be the only guy that I rank higher on the injury probability scale than Sergei Bobrovsky because he's always hurt too. So <laughs> just keeps coming back. This is always there. Eh? Yeah. Steven All a. right, Smith. and uh, keeping to the theme of Detroit goalies, uh, kind of, kind of. This is less a fantasy question, more just a jokes question. But this comes from at Chickaben or Chickaben. Either way, um, he asks, "How come we can't have another Hasek?" Oh man, that's. Uh... That's a good question. Uh, yeah. Dominic Hasek, wow, miss that guy. He was I, he was honestly like my idol growing up. Like I all I played so much, uh, what's it called, mini sticks as a kid and just flopped around like I was flopping a around. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was, yeah. we got was like yeah. Tim Thomas, maybe. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. no. Hasek came from a time in a world where technique, at least for goaltenders, wasn't really a thing, um, and he kind of made his own way. Came over the NHL when he was in like his thirties, and he was just a god. He was. Um, I so him. no, I don't think we'll ever see anyone else like Dominic Hasek. Um, as much of a joke as this question might have been, you won't get past a Pee Wee coach um, with the goaltending style that Hasek took to the Hall of Fame. Wait, uh, so we'll I think never the see question anything. was actually, will we ever see anyone um, like Hasek? By the, I think he meant like the helmet because we haven't seen Rock in that weird bucket. Did him Hasek, or not? Did Oscar wear a different one, or was it not just a player cage? With the, it was it the was similar. No, it, it was similar, but it was Hasek was really one. mangled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. Tim Thomas is real, f- though. Yeah. yeah, but as far as play style goes, minor hockey is all about killing the creativity in, in the game. Um, oh yeah. So no, we'll never Blame see another Dominic Hasek past Pee Wee hockey. Well, the one thing too that I was going to add into it is, is uh, why we won't see another Hasek is because. The, it's not even just kill the creativity at Pee Wee Hockey, but it's all goalies now are just monsters. Like, they're just yeah, huge dudes huge. that take up a lot of space. It doesn't leave a lot of room for the smaller athletic guys. Uh, that's so that's, that's uh, yeah, exactly. You won't see, you know, you might see a Hasek esque play. No, Archer's Urbans? No, I was, that's who I was just going to say, too. <laughs> nice. um, I, had to, I had to get in first. Though. Dude, my one, my one Twitter, or not Twitter, uh, PlayStation handle one time, like when back in like NHL 2014, like my online handle was just Archer's Urbe. It was the best. Not I bad. couldn't even believe it wasn't taken. I was so pumped. I feel like I'd enjoy a lot Present day is Jonathan Quick to Hasek, right? Yeah, like just That's small like enough. Well, Tim, Tim Thomas, you know, when he was... Uh, He's not in the league, it was present day. Present day present. Like current. Right, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. He's pretty close, though. And he bears, like, a lot of uh, parallels. Not just, Like, his whole career ending, too, right? Thomas yeah. and Breaking Oh, yeah, yeah. Losers. But anyway. So much parallels. Um, yeah. yeah. Second last question here, though, from at go22rd. Um, yeah, this is I Beerbot. always struggle with that. He's asked Beerbot. Yeah. It's our boy Beerbot. But um, yeah, Smith the Ranta this year and next. Um, oh. Who are you boys taking? Love the podcast and keep up the good work. So appreciate that love, Beerbot. 
Jesus. Yeah, and if you drop a compliment in with your question, you are sure to get on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's a bonus. Yeah. And if you have the 280 characters, if you're one of those special people, you're definitely oh, you're, on. Definitely for getting sure. on. You're what's pushing the show to an hour and a half right now. If, but, um, uh, Ranta, right? Ranta Smith. Yeah. Ooh, oh, man, have? this one's tough. I've always liked Mike Smith for whatever reason. Um, Mike Smith, nice guy. I think Killer. I would probably, if I if it was a one-year thing and I had to just, you know, take a gamble this year, I think I might take the risk on Ranta, you know, as my number two slash three. But the safer pick is Smith for me. I, he just saw like so many shots in Arizona, and he and he played pretty well. Uh, and then now he goes to a team that has one of the best blue lines in the league. They give up the eighth fewest shots per game last season. He's gonna go from just seeing an abundance of shots to like significantly less shots. And this is like this is the type of goalie that they've been lacking since like Mika Kiprasov retired. We're really reaching back in the depths of hockey right now with Dominic Hasek and Archer Zerbe and Mika Kiprasov. But I just think, I think that, you know, even if Arizona is improving and they might be an even better team next year, I think Calgary's blue line's there to stay for a couple years. They got a young core up front too. I just think Smith is the safer. Like if I had to pick a keeper between the two of them, I would Smith by a hair for me. Yeah, and finally, our last question, and we kind of mixed one here. So we got a, a question from at RB8829, and we also got a question from at AVG Exotic. And um, it's Grice or Halak in New York Islander town? Uh, that's the first part. So Brock, I'll let you just fire that one off quick. Grice or Halak? Um, I give a – oh, God. I don't know. Neither? Yeah. Well, Halak, Halak, I mean, Halak like, just got in. shunned and then came back and was Sorry, great at the end of last year. Yeah, Grice is just yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Grice, no, Grice was the opposite. Grice was awesome. He was like nine twenty save percentage through the first three or four months last year, and then you know struggled a little bit, and then that coupled with lack strong play, um, saw him the last play time. So that really just tells you we have no idea what's gonna happen. It's probably gonna be whoever performs down the stretch. Um, yeah, I don't know. To me, like Grice is easier to reserve to the backup role because that's what he's been doing for fifteen years. Um, and you, it's easy to paint the three months that he had of high performance as an anomaly, which is probably was. Um, so I might lean Halak. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you can make an argument that Grice is way more durable than Halak. Yada yada yada. So to me, it's really a toss up. Uh, if yeah, I had to pick, part of the, oh, hold, oh, hold on. I was just gonna say, if I had ah, to pick, I would excited. probably pick Halak again by a hair, just because like we've looked at Grace kind of similar to what you just said. D, he's he, he's steady but unspectacular. You're not gonna get anything yeah. out of the norm. He him. is a back. Where two years ago, like 2015-16, we saw Halak post a 230 goals against and a 919 save percentage. Uh, Still got it. So he he, he I think he it. just has a higher higher ceiling. If like I he had to nice. pick one yeah. on draft day, Halak. Yeah, I wouldn't want either of those on my no, no, please, please no. Listener. Certainly wouldn't want to handcuff them. Tell you that. They should both be on the waiver pool come the end of the draft. But I like listen. people that draft those guys, though, because those are the guys that use DFO religiously. Yeah. <laughs> Get them out of there. Um, but yeah, yeah second true. part of the question, why I got so excited was because it was kind of made me laugh. But um, So this is from the at ABG Exotic, and we kind of worked in the vast question there. But it's uh, he has Vascalesi in his top five. Is he high is the question? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like, we talked yeah. about Vasilevsky quite a bit on the show, about maybe Might moving just be in. 
Yeah, he, yeah. Like I think he has number one goalie upside. I think num top five is shoot for the fucking moon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're hoping so right super up, high, super like, high. Right the guy's so high. high. But like, because he's not only hoping for the best for Vasilevsky, you're hoping for like best case scenario from the Lightning as yeah. a team as well. Um, and you're hoping for regression from those other top yeah, five like guys. I, said, I just don't you know. Maybe he's just high on optimism. Maybe that's the all other. He's, uh, the other guy. He loved the optimism. world you can imagine where. No, nah, I don't know. Top five. That's fucking hard, man. Yeah. Top ten. Top ten. Well, yeah, the other guy. The other guy's question that you were kind of trying to bring into it was from B eight eight two nine. His was can Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky crack the top eight? Yeah. And that I think is a little bit more doable. But even still, I'm still. I I think for sure Vasilevsky can be a number one this year. Top eight. I mean that's. That's high-end number one talent. I think he can get there, but I'm leading more. Yeah, I think everything has to go right in Vasilevsky land, man. Like, it's just... But I I love, like, people who drafted Vasilevsky already, be very excited about that. There's a lot to like about that pick, especially if you got him where his ADP is right now. Yeah, God damn. Exactly. So that's it. Is that it? Beep, sorry? All the Twitter keys? Yeah, that's... That's wow. it. We got hit with a few more, but um, we'll leave those for uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to those later on uh, on the literal Twitter. But uh, other than that, we're we're done, boys. That's it for goalies. That's it for every position. We made it. Sounds good. Uh, the one other thing I want to mention before we go is that we actually, well, first I want to thank everybody who came out and and, and signed up for the DFO podcast Fantasy <laughs> Hockey League. We had such an overwhelming response that we actually had to create two leagues and turn it into division so we're getting crazy up in here uh but we do have one spot left in division two first come first serve so if you want to be part of division two of the dfo podcast hit us up on twitter and we'll get you uh set up in the league draft is monday online at 8 p.m eastern on yahoo standard scoring category league so if that's uh your cup of tea hit us up we'll get you in the league but again only one spot left i can't promise that everybody will get in but Maybe 13 other people will respond and we can make a Division 3 if we have to. So A Division 3. So come and uh, hit us up and we'll we'll see what we can do for you. Uh, but anyways, thank you very much for listening to the positional previews for goaltenders. Uh, that's it for the positional preview episodes. Uh, next week, I think we're going to plan at, at least get back on the mic, hopefully once before the season starts. Uh, maybe Tuesday. When's opening night? The 4th? Wednesday, yeah. So maybe Tuesday yeah. we can uh, fire – or Wednesday after our – sorry, Jesus – Monday, after our draft, we can fire up another little bit of a mock draft of some sort between the three of us and have a little bit of fun. Or but, maybe we could do something during the draft. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Knows? That could be also fun. Anything. Could but, be a lot uh, of fun. Possibly. Yeah, anyways. Live streams. Everything. <laughs> Jesus. But, uh, yeah, for Brock, I'm Brock Segan from Dylan D. Birth, Human Beams Bondi. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here next week. And if we don't see you before Wednesday, enjoy Puck Drop. Can't wait for NHL Hockey to be back. Can't wait to wear my Cobalt Chuck jersey to the draft. Peace. Been a long time, been a long time. Wrestled to the dirt, now I'm back on my crowd. I took a trip to the borderlands, and I dashed my head in some upstream land. I saw a man in a two-tone coat, told me everything he liked about the songs.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.